0: welcome to dynasty theory your source for everything dynasty fantasy football with your host john bauer
1: looking to sell everybody price dependent
0: dan lamagna
1: too much dysfunction in cleveland
0: and mitch Sorensen.
2: well
1: it's hard to compete with excellence welcome back to another episode of dynasty theory a proud member of the ross tucker football podcast network I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. And of course, I am joined by Dan LaMagna. That is at Dan on Twitter. What is up, Dan?
0: Great to be here tonight. I feel like I'm going through a draw, man. It's been like a long seven days since we've we've done this with all the free agent signings. It was a a fun week of trade offers, JB. uh, Glad to talk some football tonight.
1: um, I'm all out of sorts. You know, Dan, you're rushing me. You're texting me. Hello. Hello. I just wrapped up another live show. I, I got here just in the nick of time maybe like 30 seconds late though
0: hey, you told us five five minutes before and you know in our conversation today we
1: hold you to that around here i know i know well i you know i i typically disappoint so get used to it we are also joined by mitch Sorensen, and i think that's a new hat and you can find him on twitter at dino mc what's up mitch what's uh, what's going on guys
2: Sorry, (laughs) I got midway through and I started hacking up a lung over here. What's going on? Where's it going, guys? Yeah, great intro. I like it. Is that a new hat? It's my work hat. Yeah.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, we we have a lot we want to get through tonight. And initially, Dan, you reached out to us and you said, guys, I have a friend. He's a defense attorney. We're not going to ask why you have become such good friends with a defense attorney. (laughs) Uh, We don't need to know that information, but we were going to have him come on the show and talk about the legal aspect of everything going on with Deshaun Watson. But as you can see, there's only three of us here. He had a project come through last minute. So hopefully maybe next week, Dan, can you pull some strings? I'm going to make him
0: feel guilty all week. I mean, 275 pages of exhibits is no excuse to not give the Dynasty Theory Boys 15 minutes. So he, he's going to hear it.
1: Right. So this is going to shock everybody. Dan, Mitch, and myself, we, in fact, are not lawyers. And we do not have that legal background. So we're going to talk about the Deshaun Watsons. And I don't even want to say stuff. We're going to look at it strictly from a dynasty perspective. Yes. You know, n- not even talking about anything off the field, because at least for me, it would be uneducated information.
0: Does, does three credits of sports lockout?
1: No. <laughs> um, that, that's going to be I, a resounding no. I might um, even have the
0: book on the shelf. I could like read real fast.
1: Okay. All right. So, Mitch, I want to start with you. And I think we are going to have different – thoughts here overall varying philosophies you have Deshaun Watson on your roster Mm -hmm. you don't have Deshaun Watson on your roster how are you looking at this from a dynasty perspective overall within the quarterback landscape across positions for draft picks are you sending him off are you acquiring him and really it comes down to how much risk you are willing to take on so Mitch how much risk are you willing to take on so How I've built my teams,
2: I actually only had one, had Deshaun Watson on one roster. That's it, out of 50 leagues, and actually ended up trading him before all this news even broke. So, how I always built my teams is if I got Patrick Mahomes in the first, that's the quarterback I would get. But, like, I don't have Kyler Murray either. And so, there's just that range of quarterback. I I only have, like, one share of Dak. There's just that range of quarterback that I was never going out to acquire. And so... I'm very different than what Dan is because Dan has quite a few shares of Watson. And so looking at it from my lens as someone who doesn't have him, who can go out and try to get him, I just don't want to. Like, I understand that he is one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But as far as quarterback scoring goes, I don't know how much of an advantage he's going to give me weekly, especially if he ends up having to play for the Texans this year. Cause that Texans offense, like they're just citing not even B tier guys. It's like D and F tier guys at this point. And so when I'm looking at it, I'm like, he's going to have to get traded. Who knows if that actually happens. But as far as me going out and wanting to acquire him at this point, like we had someone bring up in the discord that what about Watson or Jalen heard Jalen hurts. And I'm like, I I certainly don't want Jalen Hurd. Exactly. And I was like, it's Watson there, but I had to stop and think. And that's how far Watson has fallen at this point.
1: Yeah. And I I think there certainly for me, before I turn it over, Dan, there is a threshold. And we always talk about our tiers when we're doing our rankings. And previously I had Deshaun Watson right there with, you know, Josh Allen, Justin Herbert right there at, at the top but obviously below Patrick Mahomes. And now because of the way I not only build my rosters, I am much less willing to take on risk. And Mitch, you can attest to this. It's for better or worse. As soon as all the stuff happened with Tyree kill, I shipped him off to Mitch for a second round pick. <laughs> am I kicking myself now? Apps lootly because can I get Tyree kill for a second round pick to, uh, uh twenty? uh, look, I'm all frazzled. I'm thinking about this deal. I can't even talk. Can I get Tyree kill for a rookie second round pick? Absolutely not. So for Deshaun Watson, I would take probably 11 to 12 quarterbacks at this point in a one for one swap. I really would. And again, is that saying Deshaun Watson is not going to play football? even if it's for the Texans? No. Um, Again, that would be making an uneducated, uh, you know, giving uneducated information on what's taking place off the field. But from a risk tolerance standpoint as a dynasty manager, it's not something I'm looking to do because a different situation, but I had Andrew Luck on a lot of teams. Unexpectedly, I was forced to replace him. And where I took him in startups, what I traded to acquire him, it left a gaping hole on my dynasty rosters. And some of those teams are still struggling today. And again, completely different situation, obviously, but it could be a similar result with Deshaun Watson, everything going on. So I'm looking to move off of him. But just like Mick said, I actually don't have any shares. So it's it's a little easier for us to say who has a lot of shares Dan Lamagna.
0: Before I get to those shares, you guys both just made some great points that have me thinking a lot of things. So just two quick side notes. One, Tyreek Hill. That might have been one of Mitch's like most shining moments because I could tell he's hosed you for a second round pick and he hosed me for Corey Davis. All mm-hmm. right. So like none of those guys are even close. But and that's something to think about is hey, what do you do with Deshaun Watson right now? He's in hot water. It's ugly. Ethically, we don't like it. A little bit of a business. So is fantasy football to some degree. You know, we're both spending a a lot of money here. Our listeners, we're investing in teams. We want to win. Tyreek Hill turned out okay. Kareem Hunt turned out to still be a valuable asset, you know, a couple of years later. So, how patient are you and how much risk? They're the two big things. I'd hate to be an employee of the Houston Texans. That's my last sidebar. I think back to the end of last year and Brandon Cook saying, Man, I'd love to stay here for a couple more years and develop a rapport with Deshaun Watson. How bad does he feel right now, sitting on his couch watching how bad that organization is and all these second rate players they signed? But because that's all they got. Who else are they going to give the ball to? Jordan Aikens? I mean, it's getting really ugly in Houston. Now, I think Deshaun Watson
1: and Chad Hansen just got cut. It- if Chad Hansen cannot make that roster, come on.
0: On his looks alone, man, like only your hair tonight is as nice as Chad Hanson's. So if you're watching live on YouTube, JB is styling. If you're not watching, you're missing something. But uh, so I don't know who they throw to. I think Watson, wherever he lands, even if it's the dysfunctional Texans, he still could produce. But out of 15 rosters about approximately, I, I think Mitch has been pretty aggressive this year. He's like, he's, he's catching you a little JB. I think JB's somewhere like between like 70 and hundred, closer to a hundred than 50 probably. But, uh, Mitch getting around that 50, you know, Mark, I, I'm feeling heavy with like around 15 rosters. And I'm very comfortable with them. We, we've had, um, a lot of stability in our leagues that we share together this year, which has been a lot of fun, a lot of healthy owners that are very active right now. So, I have four shares out of that 15 decent percentage there. I've been able to move two shares this week. One share. I'm kind of been in like constant negotiations and one, I can't seem to move at all. I've been watching our chat closely, seeing a lot of the trades that have been going down. And I think there's a lot of different perspectives on how much risk people want to take. He's an elite quarterback who I believe is going to play again. So I, I know I need to be careful in moving them one league. That is very uh, heavy on quarterback value. I got Tua Tungavalea. I probably mangled his name. And Carson Wentz. Better than I could do. So, so Tua and Wentz, I, I felt pretty good about because I'm high on Tua. I'm getting higher on him mm-hmm. as, as this offseason has been going. And then Wentz, I just like where he's at now for at least a couple of years. I'm, I'm drinking the Colts Kool-Aid for a little bit. So that was good. And then another league, I got Dak. Another league, I just can't get enough for him. All right. I look at these rosters here. My goal early was Dak Herbert, but then as the allegations increased, that became out of the question. So now it takes it to another range where Mitch is talking about. It. I did get one offer. It was like Hertz, and oh, who was the receiver? He was less than Shark. It was They wanted Watson and Shark, and they offered me Hertz, and I can't remember the receiver. He pretty close to Shark, but not as good. So I said no. I declined it. To Mitch's point, I thought about it. I mean, if the Eagles aren't giving Jalen Hurts a vote of confidence, it's kind of hard for me to. Although I, I don't see what other direction the Eagles are really going in, um, unless they want to use that high draft capital on another quarterback. But I, I don't know if that'd be prudent. So that's kind of where I'm at, guys. I, I want to get. I have about maybe, I have to get a quarterback that I feel ha- is going to maintain trade value, has a bright future with a team, not like a Cousins or Car that's going to be there for a couple years, not an old quarterback like Rogers. I've got to get a franchise guy or I got to get a draft pick where I could get, you know, probably won't get Lawrence, but maybe a Wilson, a Fields and something else.
2: See, I think that's the issue, right? You as the owner want that. And I'm sitting here as a guy who doesn't have Watson and I'm like, I have Stafford on a lot of rosters. Would I trade Stafford right now when he's probably my quarterback two, at worst my quarterback three to get Watson and not know if he's going to play this year? I don't know if I'll do it, to be honest. I really don't know if I would move Stafford. I would move Goff. Like, I would move a quarterback like Goff in a heartbeat. I think then, and then you throw Matt Ryan in, and that's kind of where it's stuck, right? Like, Matt Ryan is a guy to where I might trade him for Watson, but I might not. So I think he's just right in the middle of that Stafford, kind of Goff, you know, that tier right there in the older quarterbacks who weren't
1: there for a couple years. Um, I, I make a face because I'm kind of a a combination between the two of you. You know, we, we talk about, let me get in the range here, Matt, Ryan, Daniel, Joe. I mean, let me get through my whole spiel here before somebody raises an eye, before a listener tweets at me and says, well, no crap. You would trade Jimmy Garoppolo for Deshaun Watson. So The the tier, Matt Ryan, Daniel Jones, Jimmy Garoppolo, Derek Carr, Drew Locke, Jared Goff, Tom Brady, absolute no-brainer, but no Watson manager is ever going to do that. So then for me, you go up to the next tier, Cousins, Hurts, Wentz. There's still question marks there. And again, no Watson manager in their right mind would do that. Here's where it gets a little interesting. Tua, Aaron Rodgers, Ryan Tannehill, Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield, And now that I say it out loud, I might even put a divide and a split in that tier because, Mitch, you're talking about Stafford, and this just comes down to risk tolerance. And if you think Deshaun Watson, even forget about thinking if he plays again or not. I'm okay taking on that risk.
0: Quick timeout to build on that, JB. Those guys you named in that tier there are the guys I want to get like a late first-round pick. I want to get something with them because what I don't want to do is be stuck when j- Deshaun Watson comes back and does, could potentially be lighting it up. Be stuck with this quarterback that I can't move. Nobody in the league wants, even if it's just for you know for one or two years. Like I love Matt Stafford, Mitch, you know without a doubt. But Watson's a lot younger, you know. So you know th- someone in that tier that j- I think can, I, Stafford, can I give the double timeout here? I got to improve my team. I got I got to have some upside somewhere else.
1: I'll just go on mute for a while, guys. Keep going. Dan, no, 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 don't go on mute. I, I want you to keep jumping in here. Dan, would you trade Deshaun Watson for Zach Wilson straight up today, not knowing where Zach Wilson goes?
0: No, I need, I need something to go home and tell mom about to go with that deal. And that's where, like, in one league, I could get the 102. I need a little something else.
1: All right. Uh, Mitch, Joe Burrow? I take Burrow. I will take Burrow. And then... Kyler, Russ, Dak, Lamar, Herbert, Allen, uh, you know, no, no questions asked. And Dan, you kind of got away with one. And I want to give some context behind this one. Mitch knows what I'm going to say. You, you swapped Deshaun Watson for Dak, but then that manager came back and said, and we're in plenty of leagues with them. And he was honest. He goes, I I've been out of pocket for a week. And he, he saw, he made the trade without looking up anything. And we all in the league, we, we felt for him. We really did.
0: As did I, we chatted a little bit separate there. I mean, it's a tough one, not knowing the news. And and really the timing of the news is, it's been a big difference in Dak's market too. Like when there's like a little rumors, everyone, you could still got a lot. Then it was two allegations. You were still kind of okay. And then it just snowballed from there. and, And it's up to a lot and, now, finally, the defense is kind of pleading their argument finally today and starting to try to break this down and say they've already got one case that's not credible. But then we've seen some tweets where this is going to take a while. So, again, I, I kind of just – I know there's a little more context to the to the one-on-one is as, as, as our fellow friend. The, the timing of it was not I just fully, had to bring fully aware. Up. But just value-wise, I mean, that's where I started this long journey. It was been, I don't know, a week and a half. But – In the beginning, I was going higher. Now, as things have evolved, I've been looking at
1: different guys. I just want to be able to set that expectation for our listeners. Hey, the guys at Dynasty Theory said that I should be able to get Dak for Deshaun Watson. Well, there's some context there. Uh, Mitch, a manager comes to you. uh, You have Lamar Jackson. What needs added? To, maybe that's a bad one, maybe, maybe I mean, that's a not. It would be a lot if it was Lamar Jackson, to be honest with you. Lamar, Dak, Russ, Kyler, Joe Burrow. What needs added to Deshaun Watson for you to take on Watson? A mid first 105, 106. And see, I like that. And I don't know if I don't, I doubt you would see. I don't get that.
2: think a Watson owner would do it right, but that's what
1: I would want to give up one of those quarterbacks. And this is, this is the tricky part if it were, you know, I, I'm just. Naming names, absolutely nothing to do with the person or character, just a name. If it were Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, a player like that value going through all this, nobody's going to say, oh, I'm going to go buy him on the cheap. But Deshaun Watson is such a tremendous talent and fantasy dynasty asset that people are willing to take that risk. And I don't think there really is people, you know, so many people have reached out to me I had a friend I'm going to his wedding uh, early next year, but that's completely irrelevant to this whole topic. But uh, he goes, JB, what should I be doing with Deshaun Watson? I said, listen, there's not a right or wrong answer here for dynasty purposes. It This is going to be different manager to manager. How much risk are you willing to take on? And that's what it comes down to. Uh, you know, if it were me, I don't want him. I don't want that risk. Uh, if it's Dan and he has Watson, he's still going to ask for probably, what, 90% face value, Dan? Do you think that's right? No, I,
0: I've been trying to land somewhere where I could just get a quarterback I like. And let's just say if I was going lower on this scale there, maybe like around the tour range, you know, someone who had expectations are a little bit down, um, you know, maybe even a Jalen Hurts. But I'm trying to get a draft pick with him where I could... Get a you know Devonta Smith or Waddle or, or somebody with just some upside. So again, Watson comes back and he's clearly better than the quarterback I got. At least I have a young quarterback that's gonna be there for a while and another player with upside. And, and last thing I'd add is it depends who's on my roster. So, like in one league, I have I'm willing to hold them because I'm not getting what I want because I have, and this is gonna sound really dirty, guys, but it'll hold me for for one season. I have Cam Newton, I have Derek Carr, I have Andy Dalton who has a starting job. So I could ride three quarterbacks out for one season and wait for Watson to come back next year. If that was like the worst case scenario, he doesn't play this year. But in a league where I'm more thin, I'm probably closer to UJB, where it's like, all right, I need to move him a little bit more urgently because I only have two quarterbacks, maybe.
2: So, one thing that I'm going to say is, I don't want him. Right, John just said that he's not wanting to, wanting to trade for him. Dan is trading him in most of his leagues. So we're pretty much saying that we kind of don't want him on our roster for the next six months, right? Yeah, that
1: that's accurate.
0: I'd say that's probably the, in like kind of negotiating in four leagues, and I've really talked to a lot of different owners in multiple mm-hmm. leagues. I'd say that's probably the majority. It's probably like a 70-30. You know, there, there's, there's certain people that are saying, I just want to wait. I got to see how this plays out. I want them. You know, some offers, we're sitting there for a while. And then there's some that we're just, we're negotiating, but we're not, quite hitting
2: so my advice to the listeners would be if you're in a rebuild go out and get him because you have nothing to lose the worst thing that happens is he sits out the year. you know worst thing is besides that but we'll just say hopefully the worst thing is he's sits out the year then something happens next off season but that's the least amount of potential points and wins you're going to get with him on your roster so if you're in a rebuild i actually think it's a really really good good idea to go out there and try to get him say you have aaron Rodgers on your team right That's one to where I actually think the Watson owner would ears perk up a little and be like, you know, I could still get a really good quarterback and compete this
1: year while you're not trying to compete. We might be looking at it in a similar situation. And again, just in terms of dynasty, um, the way we looked at Dak Prescott last year, whenever he went down, people were trading at discounts and Kevin makes a fantastic comment because Mm -hmm. This that's what made me think of Dak Prescott. He says, I've landed on trading for an additional quarterback instead of taking the hit on Watson. I'd rather overpay with other assets that aren't at 50 to 60 percent of value. And that's kind of where I was on teams where I had Dak Prescott instead of trading him away for trading him away plus for a quarterback similarly valued like a Russ or, a you know, a Herbert today, you know, whatever the case may be, or trading down and taking that hit in value. I was going out and maybe moving picks or other players at the skill positions to acquire another quarterback. So, you know, Kevin, I, I really like that that mindset. Um, and that might be the route to go. Um, here, really quick, this is a tweet that Ryan McDowell had yesterday. And all of these are from the DLF Dynasty Trade Finder. This is a rapid fire, guys. Just give me an answer. Mitch, these are trades that actually went through Deshaun Watson, and they're all 12-team superflex. Deshaun Watson or Ryan Tannehill in 112?
2: Oh, I, Tannehill in 112, I guess. Did yeah, you just throw
1: up a little bit in your yeah, mouth?
2: That, that was pretty <laughs> awful. That was rough.
1: Dan? Watson. Uh, Iuke, Dalton in 109, or Deshaun Watson? Watson. Watson. I will go Watson there. I'm going to take the Tannehill side. Uh, Deshaun Watson or Kenny Galladay? Watson, <laughs> that's Watson. a bad trade. <laughs> Watson, Deshaun Watson, or Mayfield in 109. Mayfield,
0: Mayfield in 109.
1: Mayfield. Uh, I'm trying to just pick the ones that have Deshaun Watson by himself. That, that's the deal I want, guys. The Mayfield
0: yeah. 109s, the
1: Tua right. 109. Like to me, that's the sweet spot where I could sleep well at mm-hmm. night. Well, one more, and this is a friend of the show. I believe this was his trade, it came up in the trade finder. Deshaun Watson or Tua 201 and two Oh four to a two. I'll take the two aside there as well. So again, in all those trades looking to drop down in quarterbacks, but still somebody that I could say is a top 11, 12, 13 mm-hmm. dynasty quarterback. We're not dropping down four tiers. We're not going down to, like we said, that Jalen hurts territory, where there still is a ton of uncertainty. Uh, We spent a little bit more time on Deshaun Watson here than I thought. And typically that's how we do it. Because as you guys say some things, more things pop into my head because the things you're saying are genius. So why wouldn't I think of other things? But again, not touching on any of the legal side off the field itself. Dan, I'm relying on you to guilt your friend, uh, Jason, to get him on the show, if not next week, maybe the week after. I hope to have attorney Mattioli on
0: with us next week again. He was was a former football teammate. That's how I have that connection, not because I needed a defense (laughs) defense attorney. And, uh, you know, for for our listeners too, you know, no, we are just talking football. That's what we do, fantasy football. We're not getting into the ethical and the legal here. We all have strong feelings or against anything negative or wrongdoings that may have transpired, but we're going to let that play out the way it's supposed to.
1: Absolutely. Very well said. I want to transition and obviously not an easy transition, but into the second wave of free agency, Mitch. I don't want to spend too much time here, but since last week's show, there have been some signings and for you, it could be one, it could be two, it could be 10. What are the most impactful signings over the last few days for you? Um, Is it a value change in the positive direction, negative direction, or is it really impacting the team that signed them? I'm glad that you brought the last one up because I hate seeing this guy,
2: but it's Deshaun Jackson. What Deshaun Jackson does to foreign offense, it improves everybody else. You know, he's probably not going to be fantasy relevant, but he went and signed with the Rams. And we've seen from years past, last year they didn't have the Brandon Cooks role. We know what Brandon Cooks does for that offense, right? Deshaun Jackson can immediately go in there. He could stretch the field for Woods and Cup. And all of a sudden, that offense goes back to what it was a few years ago, back when Gurley was really good. As long as that offensive line slowly improves, that's going to be one of the offenses that I'm buying a lot of this whole offseason, whether it's Woods, Cups, even Higby. I mean, Higby is kind of the forgotten guy in that offense right now, and he's the only good tight end on their roster. And
1: I hate to say it because it's so cliche, and I said this pretty much verbatim when talking about Nelson Aguilar with the Patriots, when I was talking to Scott Connor on dynasty and chill, shameless plug, it was a marathon episode. I was a guest on last week, two hour show, Dan, I know that's over your time threshold, (laughs) but if you listen on two times speed, you can almost tolerate me. So, so go over dynasty and chill with Scott Connor. Check that out. It was a lot of fun, but I said this about Nelson Aguilar. Deshaun Jackson, just like you said, Mitch, he is a great real football signing. And I know that's so cliche when we talk about that with certain players, but he's a field stretcher. And what I was saying, whenever Jared Goff was the quarterback in Los Angeles, I want somebody that is going to help stretch the field because when he had Brandon Cooks, that's when he was at his best. And then when Matthew Stafford came over, I said the same thing, get him a field stretcher. Can Deshaun Jackson stay healthy? I, yeah who knows that's the thing but if he can i i love what, where you're going with that because it does open things up for the rest of the offense are you let me ask are you last round of a startup are you well i mean i guess at that point you're willing to take anybody but deshaun jackson is there any interest in going out and acquiring him no i don't want him on my fantasy team <laughs> i just love the landing spot for him i think
2: it's the Rams make very smart football moves. I mean, they overpay all the time. They love to go studs and duds, you know, like a lot of people like to do on their dynasty teams, but they build a great roster.
0: I mean, you got to say, though, Deshaun Watson, he's at least made himself like relevant again. Like Jackson, I, he, we, we moved or, on. Deshaun, oh, yeah, Jackson. wow. Whew, okay. Let me have my energy drink here again. But Deshaun Jackson, he's made himself relevant again. I mean, he is the guy that could have that two touchdown, 100 yard game out of nowhere. You know, they got a weak matchup against a secondary. Maybe that's the DFS of me talking, but I'll put him at the bottom of my bench. I'll trade a fourth round pick for him. I'll, like, he, he could sit at my bench and just be comfortable. So I think he's at least got some relevancy now.
1: And at least on your bench, maybe he won't hurt himself. So <laughs> that, that, that's a pro there. All right, Dan. Uh, and then Mitch, after Dan goes, I'll bounce it back to you. Maybe if you have a secondary thought, who really intrigues you again, the impact he has on the team that signed him uh, or just the, the signing itself.
0: This was a fun free agency week. Cause there's a few guys that I think have an impact, but if I'm to pick just one, the one that intrigues me the most, or the one that I, I could at least say I'm most confident in would be Will Fuller. I, I'm just hopping back on the Will Fuller train right now, and think he got an ideal landing spot. I'm expecting to jump from Tua. All right, I just listened to you know Fitz Fitz Magic's kind of the hot topic this week, and they interviewed him. And of course, when they interview him, they're going to ask him, "Hey, what's your thoughts on Tua?" Everyone wants to know, and he's like, "Just be a little patient with this kid." Like there was no training camp; he came off a real serious injury. He's like, he's accurate, and his work ethic's great. He's a leader. He, you know, he commands the locker room. He's they love this kid. So, to me, what was missing? You know, I think Giuseppe's going to take another jump a little bit this year. Before he got hurt in that postseason game, they couldn't cover him in Kansas City. Parker hopefully stays healthy. He's still solid. I think Fuller is kind of the missing piece. He'll miss one game. You'll get him at a good value, probably. I think now's the time to buy because he's that free agent signing that not everyone's hopping on. And I think he could get some really good value. You got an accurate quarterback. He could take the top off he could go on intermediate I think it's a I think Miami offense takes a a little bit of a jump this year I could see the vibe JB you're not feeling it
1: no I am a little bit more hesitant and skeptical here on Will Fuller and I mentioned this on another show how much of Will Fuller how much of his production was bolstered by Deshaun Watson and playing with one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And again, I'm not writing Tua off by any means. Uh, you know, the injury last year, the the funky offseason, uh, learning a brand new system, obviously coming in as a rookie. But what are your expectations overall for Will Fuller? If you want to say he's a wide receiver too for fantasy purposes, I can get behind that.
0: Yeah, definitely not going in the in you know wide receiver one territory at all. But I just think he's young, he's talented, he's fast. Obviously, injury is a concern, even though hopefully it wasn't anything performance enhancing. He showed last year that he could stay healthy over the course of the season. Um, I I think he's the number one in Miami. I think he's better than Devontae Parker, and I think they're gonna utilize him. I think it's a well coached staff, and and I'm believing in Tua. Again, it wasn't too long ago that Tua was the guy we wanted, and we were waiting for this draft to come up. And you got a good organization, a good offense, and I think that's just a real nice landing spot for him.
1: He's the number one in Miami until they draft Jamar Chase or Dan's man, Devontae Smith. Mitch, this is from Rondom92 in the chat. Any thoughts on if Mike Davis could be relevant for the Atlanta Falcons, Mitch? Relevant, definitely.
2: I mean, we see running backs of his type be relevant throughout the year a lot. I mean, if you're counting on him being the starter this year, like that's not going to happen. But he's a guy to where if you have him on your roster, you're extremely happy. He's someone that I want in the 15, 16, 17 round of a startup. You know what I mean? But he's someone that like, I really like the same the signing by the Falcons because he would be stuck behind the Panthers. If he re there stuck behind McCaffrey. And now like the other running backs on that roster, they're terrible. Like they're not good at football. So having Mike Davis there and knowing that if they draft anybody, maybe they bring in James Connery, you know, whatever happens, he's going to have a role on the team.
0: Now to, to, to Mitch's point there in our champions league startup, 14 team, very competitive, high st- higher stakes league. Round twenty, I had back-to-back picks of Andy Dalton and Mike Davis. That is a thing of beauty, boys. And I've, like Mike Davis again, I didn't, I didn't choose him instead of Will Fuller because I'm more confident in Fuller's upside ceiling. I think we all kind of suspect they could sign someone else Atlanta. They probably will or draft or do something. Um, but he's got a shot to start, and he made a comment that he kind of is interested in having an opportunity to start. He had a very good year. Everything I've read has been positive out of this guy. I think there's definitely a value there. To Mitch's point, I mean, he's not someone I'm, you know, banking on and being an RB1, but he's a nice guy to have on your roster, especially in the 20th
1: round. Uh, Absolutely. But this is – it's so similar to last year because right around this time, we were talking Todd Gurley to the Atlanta Falcons. Dan, you and I, midday, we did – a breaking news podcast about Todd Gurley. And it might've been after the release, more so the signing with the Atlanta Falcons. But at that time, I certainly thought, okay, Todd Gurley, he's a veteran presence in the running back room. They're certainly going to spend a high draft pick, not high draft pick, but third, fourth round pick on a running back. And they really didn't bring anybody in. But now, like you said, Mike Davis coming in, I had, you know, Quadri Oleson was my sleeper. Out of pit, I really thought, <laughs> oh, this kid could do something. uh, kicking bottom of the barrel, but nah, he, he fell flat.
0: Here's the difference, though. This isn't last year's Atlanta Falcons. This is, you know, Coach Arthur Smith, great reputation, one of the most sought-after coaches, a GM that really seems to get have his stuff together. When we did our team previews so many weeks back, we talked, you know, you guys heard the energy and excitement I had in Atlanta and just kind of seeing them bringing in some key personnel. So for them to bring in Mike Davis and I think they got him at a nice value. I think this is an organization that's not going to overspend that and the running back position. I think it's just a matter of who they draft that might potentially throw a curve in that, but nice landing spot for him for sure.
1: All right. I want to through run through some of the other signings here and just very quickly to keep it flowing smoothly. We're gonna go, Mitch, Dan, Mitch, Dan, all the way through. I just want you to say on their dynasty value, uh, positive, negative, or neutral. All right, Mitch, Kenny Galladay, neutral. Neutral. Philip Lindsay, positive.
0: I'm gonna say neutral. I mean, he wasn't happy in Denver. No, ra- rapid,
2: it- rapid fire, rapid fire, rapid, neutral. Rapid, rapid, rapid. Juju, <laughs> neutral. Sorry, I thought Daniel was going first for whatever reason.
0: Neutral.
1: Uh, the timeless Jared Cook Positive
0: I don't him, neutral
1: Kenyon Drake Horrible <laughs> yeah, <laughs> For everybody
0: involved Yes, That's a negative
1: uh, Offensive line is MIA And now you have Kenyon Drake and Josh Jacobs Uh, We talked about Will Fuller Brett Perriman, Detroit Lions Or his son Brashad, one of the two
2: Yeah, oh, we'll go with Brett I, Brett was really good Wait, so did, we did, I go say, did I say Brett Perriman? <laughs> yeah you
0: oh, my God. Know. That feels good after getting busted for Watson before. Yes. Uh,
2: yeah. We'll go positive. That guy has to be at least 50.
1: His dad's oh thankful. With it. Good. Screw you guys. <laughs> Brashad Perryman. Positive. Positive. Uh, we're skipping the next one. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, Tyler Croft to the Jets. Who cares? Uh, Chris Carson. Neutral. Positive. Positive. Now we have a two-year outlook here. Oh, Oh, my Carson shares are ecstatic. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, we talked about Mike Davis, Fitzpatrick, and Curtis Samuel to the football team. I think it's negative.
0: Whoa! Now we, we need to tie this, this. We have to come back to this one, JB. That's a
1: double positive. Positive for Fitzpatrick. Yeah, I'm actually. Fitzpatrick. I I think the hype is going to outweigh the production for Curtis Samuel. I I truly believe that. Josh Reynolds to the Tennessee Titans. Positive. Positive. Who else are they throwing to? Wow. I like this a lot for Josh Reynolds. It's a one year deal, also, so it allows him to explore other options. And now I'm rolling through. Jeez, these guys in the chat—they're ruthless tonight. I can't get a. Let's see here. Uh, L dog. How do we feel about Corey Davis? I, I, I talked about this again with Scott Connor on Dynasty and Chill. People are so excited about Curtis Samuel. I'll pivot if I can move Curtis Samuel for Corey Davis plus a small piece. I'll do that. Yeah. So I don't want to steal John's
2: Thunder because he said it already on Dynasty and Chill. So I'll let you go off with it. But we've already seen Curtis Samuel on this offense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so initially what I thought, we saw him in this Rivera, not Rivera offense, but a Turner offense in Carolina. And he was certainly mismanaged. He was used as that deep threat. And then under Joe Brady as the offensive coordinator, he was used closer to the line of scrimmage, something we saw back in college. But I'm wondering now with Terry McLaurin, if they do allow Curtis Samuel to play closer to the line of scrimmage in Washington, if that's the case, I, I like it, but I still think the hype is going to outweigh it. Initially I thought, ah, Two years ago, everybody was disappointed in what was going on with Curtis Samuel. Why is it not going to happen again? So that's certainly a concern. I just don't know which one we're going to see. Does Terry McLaurin allow that change to happen, or do we see what we saw in Carolina in 2019? And Dan is... we haven't seen the red flag tonight, but I think Dan's shaking his head over there. I'm
0: tempted to, th- to throw it here, but in- instead, I'm going to go and try to get him in every league after this this podcast. Curtis Samuel offers are going out tonight. And it, can- it pains me because as a Cowboys homer, I-, I was very disappointed he went to Washington. But pulling my heart aside, I mean, I think he's going to be their number two wide receiver. He- he's 24 years of age. So I know you're saying we saw him in this offense before, but he was a pup back then. He was a pup. He was a kid. He- he's evolving. He- he's not even in his prime yet. So I, th- I think there's a lot more in Curtis Samuel. I think he's a man on a mission. I think he got paid that money for a reason. I mean, 77 catches, 851 yards last year, utilizing a lot of different ways because they wanted to get the ball in his hands. And I just think he's going to be in a feature spot there in Washington.
2: So can not we say literally that for any free agent that signed was, hey, you know, they got paid. They're going to try really hard now. They're going to, you know, they're going to show up and they're going to do their job. Isn't that kind of like, but he's
0: been doing been... it. He's been getting better every year. I think there's more talent here is, is my point where Corey Davis is like Corey Davis. Josh you know what, Reynolds what... is Josh Reynolds. Samuel, I think is better than those guys.
1: Let me ask you a question though. Again, it comes down to what is our expectation for him? Where do you see him? Not even from a dynasty outlook strictly for 2021. Where can you see him falling in relation to other wide receivers, Dan?
0: Well, when... When he's coming, up, he's coming off 851 yard season. I I could see his first 1,000 yard season and doubling those touchdowns at least. So where do I see him going to the rankings here? He's see where I could get him and where I I think he's gonna I think he's gonna outperform the crop of guys I have him with. So I would put him up there with like the Marquise Browns, Tyler Boyd's, Tyler Lockett's, Chase Claypools, Debo so- Sa- Debo Samuels, Kenny Galladay. <laughs> You know, and, and if I could get something extra, I'll get something extra. So I'll give Galladay your boy Mitch, and I'll take Samuel plus. <laughs> glasses be, are off. Be happy.
1: I made it forty minutes, but glasses are off. But so the expectation for you is what, realistically speaking, back end wide receiver two for Curtis Samuel is that realistic? I could see that. So if I could get Corey Davis plus, even if it's a small piece, maybe a one point per game difference in twenty twenty one. Maybe that's that's why I'm willing to pivot off of Samuel for Davis plus. And again, I'm not saying Davis plus seven first round picks.
0: It depends what that plus is. Don't get me wrong. I have Samuel in some leagues and I'd be just as willing to move him because I don't want to root for Washington this year. But uh, I would just rather have him over a Corey Davis. I guess that'd be my point. You know, or someone in that tier.
1: And I think most people would. And that's why I went back to what is the expectation for him versus, uh, you know, and the hype versus production. The hype doesn't
0: seem like Like most people I'm listening to or seeing tweet don't think he's going to outperform last year. They're like, eh, it's, you know, there's Gibson, there's Logan Thomas, there's McLaurin. There's only so many touches to go around. I mean, the, the hype's not that high when everyone's still talking about he's competing with Logan Thomas and Antonio Gibson. He's like the fourth target on the team, I've heard. Wasn't
2: he the third on the team last season for the Panthers? Be- only because Christian McCaffrey was out. I mean, Robbie so, Anderson was, you know, better than him his first year on the team.
0: I think he's in a better situation in Washington.
1: All right. Well, only, Gibson's
0: only- not McCaffrey. Robbie, he is the Robbie Anderson. There, there is no third, third receiver here. Cam Sims isn't beating him out
2: for targets. <laughs> Very true. Very true.
1: And again, for the third time, I just want to say it comes down to expectation. For anybody, not just Curtis Samuel. And then for him specifically, again, people that I I do think there's more hype around Curtis Samuel than maybe even Dan's letting on. And maybe that's because Dan is looking to acquire him tonight after tonight's episode. Maybe that's the reason. All right. To wrap up tonight's show. We're finally going to be gearing up free agency pretty much behind us, guys. Mm -hmm. Dan. It's time for you to catch up a little bit here. All right. Rookie landing spots. i I don't want to go into specific rookies tonight. We're gonna to give Dan one more week to really uh, prep for us., uh, you know, I expect you to call out of work, call off work sick the next week. <laughs> okay? Um, be ready. All right, so rookie landing spots again, not talking specific rookies, but now with all the signings behind us, Mitch, I want to start with you. What is one landing spot that really intrigues you and you can pick whatever position, and it cannot be <laughs> the Green Bay Packers and a right. wide receiver? So but so that's going to be my overarching point for this, is
2: I don't think any of these free agent signings really impacted where we want rookies to go. I mean, we've talked about rookie running backs with Pittsburgh, Atlanta, the Jets, and they're all still open. We talk 25. about the wide receivers – Detroit still doesn't have one. Um, Miami kind of did with Will Fuller, but then everyone still brings up the Packers, right? And you look at the tight ends, and now all of a sudden, Pitts is supposed to be going, I know, not specific players, but he's going in the top six, and there's all of those teams that could draft him. So as far as I'm concerned, I think the great rookie rookie landing spots are still there, and it didn't get affected at all by free agency.
1: Uh, yeah, uh, anybody that's in the chat, we have a... Great Discord group going 24/7. I always I always talk about it. I think we have folks from four different countries at this point. Mm-hmm. It's going 24/7. I wake up and I have messages throughout the night. I'm like, Jesus, you know, these people need to start sleeping. Uh, the one gentleman, Jeff, I, I'm convinced he hasn't slept since at least January, maybe before then. I'm not even sure. But if you want to join the Discord group, talking football pretty much 24 seven reach out to mitch again that's at dino MC on twitter i saw it come up in the chat uh and he can hook you up with the link dan ideal landing spot what do you think here i'm trying to finalize the running back
0: puzzle and, and i agree with mitch that you know there's still a lot of open spots despite free agent signing especially you know the top 10 or so but Who's running the ball in Arizona? Who's running the ball in Pittsburgh? There's some ideal running back landing spots. Uh, you know, if the if your Steelers want to run the ball again, JB, normally that's a dream spot for a running back. Um, so I'm really intrigued who's going to go to Arizona, who's going to go to uh, Pittsburgh in the running game, and then Atlanta in general at number four. I mean, do they go quarterback to learn under Matty Ice, or do they excite us with, you know, jamar chase or some other weapon or kyle pitts or something like that um uh, there's too many to give you right now jb i think you know
1: yeah sure. and, and there's where do still, I go there still is that third wave with a few players in leonard fournette you know i think he kind of headlines the remaining guys that let's say let's just say he would go to arizona and i'm not saying it's a viable option but arizona pittsburgh or atlanta that certainly is going to put a damper on where we mm-hmm. see immediate production. But then that comes into play. I, I I know we've talked about this constantly, and we've talked about it in the Discord chat, but we're going to get to that point. And we're just a little over a month away where a player gets into a situation and they skyrocket up a board. They drop down a board. The only spot that I really would hate, and we've... We've talked about this countless times. I keep saying that, but it's Baltimore drafting a wide receiver. That's just, that's the one. And I'm not saying I completely, whoop, you're, you're completely gone, but that one's going to be in the back of my mind. And that that's the one that's going to get me running back. You look at it. Clyde Edwards, Alaire. He was the big one last year. And now look at his value. Uh, A few years back. Well, Nick Chubb, he has to compete with Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson. He slipped for some, not everybody, but some uh, Rashad Penny. He has that opportunity in Seattle day one Draft capital. <laughs> yeah, but landing spots. I understand if you want to look at the scheme and how they play like J.K. Dobbins in that RPO style offense, people were very excited about that. So scheme versus landing spot, but you can, they intertwine a little bit, but it's just going to be such an interesting dynamic and to see people's values and rankings change
0: wide receiver is very interesting for the tennessee titans too i know we touched on josh reynolds why are you before
1: you josh reynolds already
0: but really i'm mean, like between cory davis and john o. smith that's kind of a lot of production i'm starting to worry a little bit in tennessee to be honest with you with it because if god forbid they get an injury to derrick henry where are they getting the offensive production for? And teams are already stacking the box as it is. Now you take away Corey Davis and Janu, I think you're putting a lot of pressure on uh, Anthony Ferkser and Josh Reynolds,
2: AJ Brown with 180 targets. That's what's going to happen. It's going to be beautiful.
1: Yeah. and that, Oh God, please don't bring up AJ Brown. I, I talk about this occasionally, but the very first episode when we were super flexology, Oh, <laughs> yeah. PD pre Dan, Mitch and I both said, I would say go back and listen to it, but it is trash. The episode was absolute garbage, and you might be thinking, well, you're not much better 110 episodes in. But we said A.J. Brown is bulletproof. He is not landing spot dependent. He's wide receiver one no matter where he goes. He went to Tennessee and like a – I'm going to keep it PG here, so I'll I'll refrain from saying what I was going to say – I moved him down my draft board.
0: We've Hope. learned from we've learned from that.
1: Well, no, because then I did it with Keyshawn Vaughn and shot him <laughs> up my draft board.
0: This is your year. But here, I'll give you one more too. That's really intriguing. If anybody slides a Pitts, an Alabama receiver to number thirteen to the Chargers, like wow, like we we love Herbert. We he's rising the stocks there. Well, I mean, come on, really, Jared Cook. We know what Jared Cook's going to do. He's going to do the same thing he does every single year. And then. There's, we love Keenan Allen, but Mike Williams, I mean, I don't know. That could be a, a sweet landing spot for an offense that's on the rise. Eh, eh. That's what I mean. If they get someone like a, a Waddle or a Smith or a Pitts, holy cow, with Herbert. Holy
1: cow. All right. Anything else on, again, this is just really high level uh, on the rookie landing spots, but uh what, five weeks, a little less than five weeks, guys. Dan, are you, are you locked in for both nights?
0: You're going to have to talk to my agent where we're negotiating right now.
1: All right. Well, Mitch and myself, (laughs) as of today, we have, I believe it's 19 guests lined up over. It's probably going to come down to 12 hours between that Thursday and Friday, day one and two rounds, one through three of the NFL draft. Uh, Just, it's going to be an absolute blast. It's going to be live streaming on. Twitter, maybe not Twitter, because Periscope's going down eventually. Well, live streaming on YouTube. It is going to be an absolute blast. Might have to indulge in some pizza and wings that night, so you guys will get to see me chew. Anyway, so we hope everybody can join us. It's going to be a blast. We did it last year for five and a half hours. Uh, We had, what, eight to ten guests? But now we're pushing 20 over two nights it's going to be it's going to be a lot of fun dan if you need me to slide like a ten dollar bill to your agent let me know actually
0: what you need to do is slide it to the comcast agent because if they could definitely <laughs> up my internet speed so i could you know stream from the the man cave i'm a thousand percent in for both nights if not you'll probably get me for night one like last year
1: and that's perfectly fine we, we get it um but it's gonna be a lot of fun less than five weeks out nfl draft the next big milestone here in the 2021 off season the really exciting part of the dynasty calendar all right guys
2: final thoughts
1: let's start with Mitch tonight Mitch final thought what do you got for our listeners
2: all right so this actually goes back to something that you said I'm not sure which chat it was John but oh god well oh god pro day times I mean Pro day times are pro day times. Please don't compare them to past year's combine times. Like, just don't do it. It's not the same thing. If you're going to compare them, go back to the previous year's pro day times and then figure out how you could ever put in your spreadsheet about how each track runs differently. Like if you're going and you're adjusting guys because someone's running really fast or someone's running slower based off the pro day times, you're like completely missing it this year. These times, we just can't put a whole bunch of faith in it. But what you can put a lot of faith in, there's a lot of people out there like Ray Garvin, who does a great job. There's many guys out there who do a really good job of using metrics and tape. And I think that's what you have to do this year, because if you're just counting on your model alone, I think it's going to really hurt your dynasty teams moving
1: forward. Dan, I'm going to make you wait for a second because I want to piggyback off of that. And this happened with Kenny Gainwell in particular, and it kind of threw up the red flag for me. Not only should we be a little skeptical of some of these pro day times and metrics and measurables coming out, but also, and this is true for the combine, it's certainly true for pro days, don't double count information we already knew. Rondell Moore, he's fast. Kyle Pitts, he's fast. Kenny Gainwell, a little undersized. Devonte Smith, he's skinny. We knew this. It, it, it shouldn't matter with information we already knew. Now, if something comes out that we weren't aware of or, wow, you know, uh, Justin Jefferson's 40 time, really not what people expected. I get it. Okay. But if it's something that was expected, don't double count that and say, oh, Devontae Smith. He's that's a terrible example because I don't think he's t- t- he didn't test it all. But uh, Kyle Pitts, he, he's extremely fast. He ran this, I'm gonna bump him up here. We we knew that, guys, we already knew it. So don't double count it. Um, just don't double count it. Dan,
0: it's great advice there. It's that time of year, you, you know, don't double count it, know where those rookies should be in your rankings. I think in past episodes of Dynasty Theory, if you're in a league right now and you're not active you're missing out. So my final thoughts just to be active. I want to encourage our, our listeners that have kind of been quiet or catching up to get in there. Values have changed so dramatically since last year throughout this offseason. Free agency has been a big boost. There's really an opportunity to mix up your lineup. Now your rosters and get some guys that you want. So if you're not caught up for some reason, go back to listen to our old episodes for team previews. You know, JB and Mitch have shared a lot of great content on Twitter all the time. They're, they're we have provided everything. Join our Patreon for some great conversation. The guys in the chat have just been awesome and there's just a lot of knowledge to be had. So be active. Don't be one of those owners that's sitting around waiting right now. And uh we're getting close to that draft. Can't wait, boys.
1: There are a few people that I've been in trade conversations with and you can tell. And this isn't a slight on them because I know life certainly gets in the way and sometimes your fake football teams have to take a back seat. So I get that but there are people that you get into a, a trade conversation with and you can tell they either haven't taken part in a startup or they're not really in tune with current values. And it becomes very apparent very quickly in those discussions. But like Dan just said, like I said earlier, draft is what Thursday, April 28th. That sounds right. 28th, 29th live draft show. We'll be putting together a, uh, some, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Previews, uh, trailer, like a trailer type thing. There we go. Last year we had like a trailer. It was like a an action movie being released. We're gonna roll out the red carpet. But yeah, back to back that Thursday, that Friday, about twelve hours of live content. Extremely excited. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Stay safe. Be kind and have a fantastic night.